You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to Locked and Loaded. I'm Roger Bihar and I'll be your host today along with my co-host Victor Armendaris. And I'm Victor. Yes, the one from On Point with Victor. <laughs> and we're going to talk about gun things today. Well, actually I should say weapon things for those of you who want to get technical. Yeah, just got an <laughs> approval from somebody there. <laughs> Of course, Mr. weapons can mean anything, so we may have to get into some knives on one of the shows or some, you know, other types of weapons. Because <clears throat> after all, my hands can be deadly weapons, although usually you know, they're just clumsy and cumbersome. <laughs> you know, technically, my hands are deadly weapons. That's right. Mr. Black Belt Armanderas over here. <laughs> That's right. And don't you – no, I – you know, I'm so old now, I don't even know if I could kick somebody's knee, let alone their face. Well, you know, that's why I carry a gun, cause, yeah. so I don't have to run. You know, that is perfect, perfect, perfect segment into why uh, I carry a gun today, because people sometimes will ask, well, Victor, you're a black belt, you can handle yourself. I've seen you do, well, back in the day, when I would do demonstrations, uh, but you know what? I'm too old to fight. I'm too old and too wise to fight, there you so go. I carry a gun. You know, it was once said by somebody. A gun is a means of stopping a fight, either by its use or sometimes just by the threat thereof. Usually, if somebody doesn't have one and you show them one, it's going to end that fight very quickly because most people are smart enough to know you don't bring fists to a gunfight. You know, one segment you should do on your show, Roger, is examples of guns stopping a crime without ever having to be brandish. Because I even have a personal story that we can get into later if you want to hear it, of where a gun stop. I have two stories. Two? What, what, two. Well, maybe we should take one of those. All right. Let's, okay. let's get into this. Let's so get, tell us what happened. So I had the uh, – all right. So I was out in downtown Atlanta uh, after a stop at Krispy Kreme Donuts. Ooh. <laughs> Krispy Kreme, which should be a sponsor of this show. Uh, because if you don't like Krispy Kreme, something's wrong with you. Uh, so I was out driving uh, with a friend. We were in downtown Atlanta. We went to Krispy Kreme, noticed I needed gas, pulled into a BP, BP station on Ponce de Leon. And this was about 11, 1130 at night. On Ponce de Leon. Yeah, um, there was your first mistake. Okay, right. Uh, true. I, like I said, I'm much wiser now. This was my younger years <laughs> when I was invincible. Bulletproof. <laughs> and bulletproof. Uh, we pull in. I start pumping gas. My friend goes into the gas station to, to grab a drink. Um, now, me being uh, just a little background, uh, because of martial arts, I'm very observant. I was taught to be observant, which all of you should always be observant of your surroundings. Situational awareness is key is in very any key. situation. Any situation is going to turn out better with situational, situational awareness. So, so as I'm pumping gas, I scan the area. I do this second nature, and folks, you will too once, once you train yourself. Uh, so I scan the area, and I notice a guy walk in behind my friend. And as I'm, I can see through the window, so I'm watching this person follow my friend up and down the aisles. So I put the gas on auto pump, and I walk into the store because I'm just ready for a situation. And uh, my friend makes it up, pays for the drink, and this person starts accosting him, say, and and me too, because I go and stand in between them. And they start saying, "I need money. I need. Well, why don't you just give me change?" And I said, "Well, okay. Well, what do you need change for?" Oh, well, I need change for a twenty. I said, "Well, I don't have change for a twenty. Uh, I'm sorry, I just don't have any cash." Oh, well, you just don't want to give me money. This is, and then they got more and more abrasive and and more, um, let's just say, more foul. And this was probably back before the days of pay, the pump. Yeah, it was. Well, you know, it, it probably was. Now that I think about it. Um, so anyway, so we pay for everything, and and as in any situation. 
no matter how trained I am, no matter what kind of weapon I have on me, I always try and either deflate the situation or walk away. So I got my friend and we walked away. We went outside. I put the pump up, got in the car. This guy then comes out. And as I'm starting to pull away from the pump, he runs up and starts banging on my rear window. So I slam on the brakes and I turn and this guy's coming, making his way to my window. I roll the window down and all I had to do was lift actually my friend because I had the gun between the seats, picked up the gun, never unholstered it, just picked up the gun. And this guy suddenly stopped in his tracks, looked at me, and he goes, oh, I, I sorry, I owe you an apology. And I said, no, no, you owe her an apology. And he profusely apologized and then continued to run away. You know, they always say an armed society is a polite society, and that just goes to show you. Mm. Didn't even have to pull it out, didn't have to just show them that it's there, and all of a sudden everybody is so polite, says please, thank you, and I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm sorry. <laughs> that's a true story, folks. True story. Oh, yeah. That's and that's that's the means of stopping a fight by its use or even the threat thereof. Just the fact mm-hmm. that it was there was enough to stop somebody yep. from p- potentially assaulting or uh, damaging mm-hmm. property or whatever it was he was planning on. Yeah, Who knows? whatever he had planned, even if it was just I'm going to mess up your car or I'm going to come trying to take a swing at you, uh, he never got that chance. And right. and he could have been worse. He could have had a knife. He could have had something in his back pocket. You never know. But I wasn't going to let him have that chance. He might have been strapped with a bomb. Who? Oh, this is a little <laughs> early for that stuff. This might have been before the uh, yes, before we were okay. Before with we had a big problem with that. <laughs> you know, it's funny though. Most people carry a weapon to protect themselves from just such a situation, and rarely does anybody carry one with the idea that. I hope I get to use this. Most people would rather carry one for 50 years and never have to pull it out or show it to anybody. And it's funny because politicians think that passing all these gun laws are going to prevent people from being able you know, to commit crimes when in reality it's going to prevent people from being able to defend themselves. Exactly. And, and that's – you know. One thing that uh, – and not not to get into politics because we really want to talk about guns here, uh, but just to – just so you'll know, you're never going to hear the the left or anti-gun or, or anti-Second Amendment people. They're never going to talk to you about the actual real statistic of how many crimes are stopped no, well, by, a, by a concealed weapons permit holder. And they're not going to tell you, Roger – how many, and I bet you can tell me this, how many crimes are committed by concealed weapons permit holders? Oh, it's almost non-existent. It's pretty much zero. It's, it's less than 1%. Yeah. In fact, people, they were talking about passing the Hearing Protection Act, which has been floating around for a couple of years now, which will basically remove federal regulations from having a suppressor or a silencer, be able to just purchase it as you would a standard weapon. And people go, oh, my God, it's going to... The crime is going to explode. Everyone's going to use a silencer or suppressor. Well, let me tell you something. Since 1934, when the NFA laws were passed, the National Firearms Act, which limited fully automatic suppressors, short-barrel rifles, short-barrel shotguns, since 1934 to the present day, there have been two instances, just two, where a weapon that was limited by the NFA was used in a crime. And one of those was a police officer. So you can't tell me that that's a, a big problem. Of course. But now you got to realize the politicians are, are so hypocritical in the way they do things. So many of them want to keep guns or armed guards but don't want you to have the same right to defend yourself or your family. In fact, one of the most famous, Senator Dianne Feinstein, 
held a weapons permit for years and campaigned against people being able to get them in her home state. But she thought she was above the law or better than everybody else. So just just let me chime in here for a second. And again, I, I promise I'm going to keep politics on the low. But I mentioned it before, Roger, in the first hour of my show. Politicians, socialists, socialist Democrats, the policies they put forth are for the people, not for them. Oh, yeah. They believe I mean, that's just the way it they is. are royalty. Basically, mm-hmm. they're trying to separate people into classes. And the easiest way for them to do this is to separate people into groups. You're black, you're white, you're yellow, you're gay, you're straight, you're male, you're female, you're old, you're young, you're Republican, you're Democrat. And that way it keeps people fighting amongst themselves and you don't focus on what the politicians are doing. It used to be it was the politicians of government against all the people mm-hmm. and they would hold the government accountable. And now that the government officials have learned this way to separate people out, it keeps people fighting amongst themselves. It's crazy. Boy, don't you miss those days, because you're absolutely right. It used to be we the people, and people would stand up for common sense issues and demand that the government, if you're going to force it on the people, then you need to do it. Uh, In fact... Like with Obamacare. (laughs) Yeah. It's good for you, but not for us. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And like I always say, socialism is for the people, not for the socialist. Well, let's move on to some yeah. of your more well, gun besides issues. Dianne Feinstein, she was one of the big ones that pushed the, all the gun laws. Now, what's her name? Kamala Harris. She stated she owns a gun for protection. I'm a gun owner. I own a gun probably for the reason a lot of people do, for personal safety. But then in the next breath, she talks about enacting gun laws, taking away, quote, unquote, assault rifles from people because they're so dangerous. So she wants to be able to have guns, have armed guards, and yet take that right away from you which again they think they're royalty and don't they realize the last time this happened the british tried to take weapons away from united from colonists soon to become united states citizens so she actually admitted that she has a gun for protection in iowa in 2020 in a campaign stop for the 2020 primaries she admitted she owns a gun for protection you know, I always say if you just listen to a politician and, uh, and then look at their actions, it's right. two different I don't stories. want anybody to have guns, but I'm going to have one because I I'm need it for protection because mm-hmm. I'm special. Yeah, it's, it's just like celebrities guy. today. You had Alyssa Milano running around screaming that no one should have a gun while being escorted by her armed, <laughs> armed security. <guards. laughs> yeah. And yeah. then my favorite, though, is uh, Eric Swalwell, if I'm pronouncing his name right, on November 16th. He was talking about confiscating guns or buying back semi-automatic weapons and nobody should have them and everybody's going to be forced to comply with this law. And, of course, there's probably the three percenters out there who are going, you know, if you tried to take away weapons from U.S. citizens, it would probably start a war. So rather than just, you know, smile and sit back and go, well, you know, we would use the law to enforce this, he'd go, oh, it would be a short war because the government has nuclear weapons. So he essentially threatened U.S. citizens with using nuclear weapons on them if they did not comply with his unconstitutional law. Now, I don't know the history, but I would guess that no other politician in this country, at least, has ever threatened its own citizens with a nuclear strike. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and then get away with it. Right. Oh, he was. Oh, and then, of course, they came out. Oh, he's just kidding. You know, it wasn't for real. 
It's yeah. like whenever you threaten nuclear weapons against your own citizens, you shouldn't joke about things like that. I don't know about you, but that's not something you joke about. <laughs> you know, it, it's not only did he get away with it, like you said, they protected him. Now imagine if a Republican said something like that. Oh my God! It would be it would be blasted from the rooftops. They would be all over the media. They would be brand, branding this guy as some kind of crazy quote unquote Hitler who wants to take over the world and nuke all the citizens. Although, if you look at the way things are done with these gun owners, I mean, they generally are law abiding citizens who follow the rules. And all the laws that are being made just apply to law-abiding citizens. Criminals don't obey laws anyway. That's why putting more laws in place to the, I think, 11,000 gun laws that are already on the books would be just ridiculous. Enforce the ones they have. If Democrats really wanted to keep the the guns out of the hands of people who shouldn't have them, maybe they should have voted to report illegal aliens who attempt to buy weapons to ICE. There was a there was a bill that went up before Congress saying if any illegal alien attempts to buy a weapon, he should be reported to the immigration control immediately. Democrats voted against that and stopped the bill from going through. So it sounds like they believe people should be able to have guns, just not American citizens. Yeah, well, you know, today's Washington swamp. They care more about illegals. Let's just say illegals than they do about American citizens. Well, there's a reason for that. I mean, apparently Americans don't want to vote for them anymore, so they have to bring other people into the country who will vote for them. <laughs> well, knows? you've got to constantly increase increase your voting base. But okay, back to guns. Yes, and it's like it's funny that this gentleman threatened Americans with a nuclear strike if you don't follow my unconstitutional gun law. And I, I don't think he remembers. The last time this was tried was back in 1774, 1775. The British decided, okay, the colonists no longer need to have weapons. Anything that was a military-style rifle was not to be allowed to be had. And in this day, anything with a loading rod that was made of metal was considered a military-type weapon. And they were trying to confiscate them. And, of course, at this point, the citizens realized if they give up their weapons, they will never have a chance to have a free society. Okay, we'll be back in a few minutes after these words from our very dearly loved sponsors. That's right. You guys hang on right there. You're listening to America's Web Radio. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is around town movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around town movers for that local or cross-country move, Timothy Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. This is Roger Bihar with Locked and Loaded with my guest host, Victor Armanderas from On Point with Victor. Woohoo! 
<laughs> and uh, we're talking weapons today. Guns, weapons, whatever you want to call them. Firearms, one of my favorite terms. And now we're going to get into a little bit of interesting business, the business of firearms. Let's say, now back in 2008, we all know that was a, a day or a year that was rough for everybody. The gun sales and ammunition sales at that point was about $19.1 billion, quite a substantial amount. However, 2018, that number rose to $52.1 billion. That's a 171% rise in the total economic impact of guns and weapons, firearms, and ammunition. Now, also, there was a big increase in employment from 166,000 people employed in any type of gun-related or firearms, ammunition-related industry, went up to almost 312,000, an 88% increase. And this is according to a report released by the National Shooting Sports Foundation. Now, as much as I like to give Trump credit for the economy, and I would love to give him credit for the gun sales, <clears throat> it's just not true. Here's where I have to give Barack Obama credit for this. He reigns as the best gun salesman of the year for almost every single year he was in office. That's right. Every record set as far as an an individual day or a month or yearly sales was set during the Obama administration. Now, I have to say congratulations, Barack Obama. I'm proud of you. I like what you did here. It's great that you were able to increase gun sales that much and keep ammunition prices high and everybody's still working. It's the one industry that boomed during your otherwise failing economy. <laughs> and I just hope he's really proud of his legacy because I, for one, am very proud of what he did here. Hey, see, for those out there who say that uh, people like us can't find anything good about Obama, there's something right there. That's right. There was one Black Friday where... Hey, 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 hey. We'll have none oh. of that kind of racism here at this Friday, show. The Friday after Thanksgiving, <laughs> Turkey Friday, what do you want to call that? See, you, see, you got to understand that when, when we say something like that, we're going to be accused of all kinds of stuff. Now, if it were if we were a bunch of lib I mean liberals here, uh, we could say that. But, but please, uh, go on. Okay, the Friday after Thanksgiving, formerly known as Black Friday. <laughs> there was one, one Friday where... Enough firearms were sold to give every single active member of the Marine Corps a gun. So mm. basically they sold over 186,000 firearms in one day. At least that was the background checks run. Chances are, yes, Dave, comment. Yeah, comment. Um, you know, you, you said something about uh, that there should be a law for every – Illegal that tries to buy a firearm or whatever a minute ago, you said that. Just and, that the ICE be notified and, if they did. Yeah, and that, uh, you know, you have statistics like you just spouted on how many 186,000 firearms were sold. The thing that I would like to have statistics on is the uh, dark market. I think it's called a black market, but anyway. Again, uh, we can't have that kind of racist talk here <laughs> at America's Web Radio. But, I mean, that's, you know, an illegal doesn't have to go in a store and say, hi, I'm a illegal, I want to buy a gun. I'm a felon, I would yeah. like to buy a weapon. All they have to do is go out on the street and whistle and say, uh, I got cash and mm. I'd like a uh, whatever. Well, or there was steal a, it. There was a politician who once said something, basically – to that effect, he said, if we take guns out of the stores, then nobody will be able to buy them. 
And I was thinking, when was the last time I saw meth on a shelf at a CVS? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Apparently, we all know that just doesn't work. Or for yeah. years, any of these drugs coming into the country, you couldn't buy them at your local Walgreens or Eckerd or Rite Aid or mm-hmm. Walmart pharmacy. They were just out there. So that's obviously the same with every weapon gone. Mm-hmm. There was actually a study done, which I don't have the numbers with me, that showed over 90% of crimes were committed with illegal weapons. Weapons that were stolen, mm-hmm. were illegally imported, or didn't, somehow didn't illegally. did some attorney general uh, let go of a bunch of... Uh, oh, that was just a mistake, oh. I'm sure. Uh, the Fast you, and Furious. Furious? Yes, we all know about that. That was Obama, part of Obama's legacy to uh, sell more guns. Another another one of the uh, non-scandals in the Obama administration. Yeah, we never got the answers for that either. I'm just curious to I know mean, where they it, went, where they came from. Or and where they're going to come back at you. Or, yeah. Exactly, because I think two border agents lost their lives to those guns that were tracked back to the Fast and Furious. Yeah. Which makes me rather furious. It should make all American citizens furious. But, you know, and the problem is, is when those guns from Fast and Furious do come back across, they're usually coming back, coming back with the barrel pointed at American citizens. That's right. And held by a cartel member or some gang member. Mm-hmm. But okay. anyway, back to the we had the uh, the increase in sales during the 2008 to 2018 was tremendous. Now, because of the scare that was going on during this time period, during Obama's administration, ammo prices and gun prices had all gone up. Some ammo was almost non-existent. And those of you who remember, twenty-two long rifle was almost impossible to find. If you didn't have a stash somewhere, you were paying way too much, if you could even get a hold of it at all. It was the supply was so restricted. But I have to say, after the 2016 election... The abundance of parts, accessories, guns, and ammunition was outstanding. In fact, right now is probably one of the best times in history to buy guns, ammo, at some of the best prices I've ever seen. And I am going to credit this to Hillary Clinton. Because I believe that with the media touting her win and her unconditional chance of taking this election and becoming the next president that a lot of weapons companies, distributors, manufacturers, all geared up production, stockpiled stuff because they knew if she became elected, the prices would be skyrocketing and the profits would be there to be made. So thanks for that, Hillary Clinton. You helped bring about some of the cheapest gun prices in history. The Democrats just never stop contributing. It's amazing. Well, they (laughs) contribute inadvertently. (laughs) Well, you know, they don't necessarily try it. They would never admit it. Well, no, but, you know, if we're going to give them credit, let's give it give them credit for something they did do right. Hey, for all of those out there, again, who say that we never give Democrats credit, listen to us now. Right. Now, here we go. We're going to get into a little bit of this and see if anyone who does not own – okay, we're going to settle something first of all, though. We're not going to call them assault rifles because assault, first of all, is a verb – which is the act of inflicting physical harm or unwanted physical contact upon a person. So our, an inanimate object is not a verb. Okay, now you're just trying to educate Democrats, and you know as well as I do that's not going to work. But please, go on. Oh, yeah, okay, we're going to get into this. So by definition, AR-15s are not assault rifles because an assault rifle is – Defined as a select fire rifle that uses an intermediate cartridge and a detachable magazine. They were probably first used during World War II when they first started becoming more popular. An assault rifle has a selectable switch which allows for semi-automatic fire 
or fully automatic fire or multiple shot bursts. Now in a semi-automatic mode, you pull the trigger one time, one round of ammunition is fired, ejected, and a new one is chambered. And you must pull the trigger again before it fires a second time. In layman's terms, one shot, one bullet. One trigger pull, one shot. Now with fully automatic, the weapon will continue to fire as long as the trigger is pressed or until it runs out of ammo. And let me say that is glorious. It is a glorious feeling. But go ahead. Oh, yes. And then, of course, there's the multiple shot burst, which announce a certain number of shots to be fired for each pull of the trigger, the most popular being the three-shot burst. Because normally three shots take care of the problem. <laughs> but but that's another issue for another day. Right. And But all AR-15s sold in this country are semi-automatic, meaning one trigger pull, one cartridge fired. So what you're saying is a, a big, mean, scary-looking AR-15 operates pretty much like a handgun. Like a handgun, like a semi-automatic shotgun, like any, any semi-automatic firearm. One pull of the trigger, one cartridge fired. Now, I'm going to throw this out there. It would An interesting analogy would be your car. Even though the AR-15 looks like an M16, it doesn't perform the same way. Let's say on your personal car, you get sponsors. You paint sponsors all over your car. You put bigger wheels on your car. Does that make it a NASCAR? Probably not. It doesn't change the way the car performs. It just looks different. Does it look like a race car? Sure it does. If you want to drive around something that looks like a race car, that's perfectly illegal, as long as you don't change the way it performs. The same thing with a military-styled rifle. You can dress it up however you want to. You're not going to change the one pull of the trigger for one shot. Hey, I can take a Kia Sorento and put an exhaust system on it and make it sound really loud, but it ain't going to go faster. No, and you can paint racing stripes on it. It doesn't make it a race car, no matter what you do to it. So what you're saying and what the wonderful swamp in Washington doesn't want to admit is you can dress up a gun and make it look as mean and scary as possible, but it doesn't change the action of the weapon. No. In fact, any gun supporter should probably stop using the term assault rifle. Use military-style rifle because assault rifle is a total misnomer. Assault rifles are used by militaries only, and on occasion there are people who can buy them, but it requires an NFA paperwork check, a tax stamp, a $200 fine, well, fine, tax to be paid, which is just a fine to exercise your Second Amendment rights. And when you do this, you have a gun worth thousands and thousands of dollars, most of which are in collector's hands, or sometimes the local range will buy one to allow a rental unit, something like that, so people can actually get a chance to fire something that is a dinosaur. And unfortunately, in 1986, they passed the Hughes Act, which limited all fully automatic weapons that were sold to the public, even with all the tax stamp and taxes and background checks, to be manufactured prior to 1986. So the supply was extremely limited after that point, and it is basically drying up. So all these guns have appreciated at a rate of almost 15 to 20 percent a year, which, if you look at it, is better than any stocks out in the market today. You know, real quick, uh, we got a new listener that's listening who uh, just mentioned that uh, they renewed their gun permit. 
So this might be a good opportunity to, if you have a gun permit, check your expiration date and make sure you're not missing that. Because trust me when I tell you, the government in every state, uh, and if, well, if you're in a city in any state, the government is working against you. So right. don't give them any reason to make it harder for you to renew. Renew it prior to the expiration in most states will save you some extra steps. Now, a few states give you a little bit of a grace period, and some states won't give you a permit at all. <laughs> Hello, California. New York. New York. Chicago. Just in New York, just to purchase a handgun, just buy it, not not carry it, not do anything else with it, just to be able to purchase one, there's a $300 application fee and a 60-page application you have to fill out in order to just purchase a handgun. Now, that seems kind of weird. I mean, they're saying, oh, background checks don't uh, violate your Second Amendment rights. And, you know, they're right. No, but it violates my Fourth Amendment rights. <laughs> <laughs> to name a few that yeah. are violated every day. But after all, okay, so we're going to get back to this. In 2016, the abundance of parts and accessories and guns themselves was amazing. And like I say, this is probably one of the best times in history to buy a military-style assault rifle or any gun, for that matter, because of all the companies who overstocked their inventories and placed orders years in advance to keep their inventories high because of the threat of Hillary's restrictive gun laws, which, thank goodness, didn't happen. We'll be back in a few moments after these words. We're going to the next break here. You're listening to America's Web Radio. Come back. We'll be right back at the other side of this break. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is around town movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around town movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, around town movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. 
call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at EHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. You're listening to Locked and Loaded with Roger Bihar and my special guest today, Victor Armendariz. Yes, and we're having a great, great time. And if any of you out there have questions, this is the time to ask Roger, the guru of guns. I often refer to Roger as the walking encyclopedia of gun knowledge. So if you have a questions, hop on live Facebook and, and uh, shoot us a question. Okay, good, 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 good point there. Um, shoot us a question. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, pardon <laughs> the pun, but shoot us a question. <laughs> we'll do our best to answer it because I don't know everything. <laughs> But okay, so in 2016, the abundance of parts ammunition was tremendous. It's never been a better time to get one. Now I'm going to say, okay, well, did you have a question, Victor? So we do have a question coming in. Uh, so the question coming in right now is asking, uh, Roger, I would like to get an AR-15, especially before they're banned again. Uh, should I go and find one or should I build one? Okay, this is a great question because there are – there's an answer to this. It depends, first of all, on how, uh, let's say, how handy you are. But I'm going to give you options at all lev- all skill levels. <clears throat> because one option of putting together an AR-15, I'm going to explain why this works. First of all, you have to define what a firearm is, what constitutes a firearm. Usually there is one part of a weapon which has the serial number or some sort of identifying mark and that is considered the gun by the ATF. And any guns sold in this country are subject to an 11% excise tax. So the smaller parts you can break the gun down into, the less excise tax you have to pay because you're buying less of it at one time. So the idea is if you buy just a lower piece, you pay excise tax just on that part of the gun or just that part which is considered the gun. And any time you can pay less taxes, the better. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't want to deprive the government any any money that they're legally entitled to. But I yeah, do. <laughs> let's let's go to the legal ways to avoid paying more taxes on a gun. Because after all, the taxes you save on a gun become ammunition money, become accessory money, become magazine money. It's funny how magazine starts with M A G A. Just to throw that out there. <clears throat> so. Let's just say you want to build a gun, and you're pretty handy, and you know what you're doing. You can buy the lower unit, which has the serial number on it. Now, these can be had from anywhere from about 40 to $200, depending on how fancy it is, what it's made out of, whether it's forged or whether it's cast. And you can buy these and assemble your own weapon by putting the internals into the lower receiver, which is the trigger mechanism, the safety mechanism. You have the pins which hold the lower to the upper you also have the rear stock buffer tube spring things like that those of you who have done this know it's not terribly hard it's a fairly simple procedure but some people especially if it's your first one you may not feel comfortable doing that but those of you who do or can watch a youtube video and put it together 
be great way to try it. Now, ideally, let somebody who's done this before or let a shop look at your work before you go fire it to make sure everything is assembled correctly or certainly do a function check, make sure everything seems to work properly before shooting it. But for those of you who do not want to assemble your lower from scratch parts, there's another option. You can buy the lower fully assembled, which means the trigger mechanism, safeties, all that already installed. The rear stock is already on it, but you have no upper. Now, the upper part of an AR-15 is generally the most expensive part because it contains the barrel, the bolt carrier group, the handguard, all the parts that are bigger and more expensive and more costly to produce. But if you buy this separate from the lower, then you don't pay excise tax on it because it's just considered parts. And parts are not taxed with the same tax as a gun is. So what you want to do is find a lower. Now, there are a lot of companies out there who sell them in pieces like this. You buy the lower assembly, and you can attach it to the upper assembly by pushing two pins into place. In fact, if you can't do this, you probably shouldn't own a weapon. (laughs) Because it's more difficult to load and charge a weapon than it is to put the lower half to the upper half. Well, you know, there's probably a lot of things that uh, people can't do that shouldn't do and shouldn't do that are doing. And, well, I'll stop there. Yeah. Well, now, now the 11% tax goes to a good cause. It goes for conservation efforts for hunters and sportsmen and things like that. So, you know, if you do buy a weapon, don't feel bad because, like I say, this is still one of the best times in history to buy one at the best possible prices. But if you want to assemble, this can be a hobby that can be very dangerous because it's very addicting no one can have just one and they're not potato chips they're ar-15s you know they ought to make a you can make an nra or or a commercial if you're glock or any other maker out there for any gun really because uh you can't just have one no of course not of course the guy who does have one gun he's the guy to be wary of because i'm pretty (laughs) sure he knows how to use it yeah this is true but there are many companies out there that sell the lower halves completely assembled, upper halves completely assembled. And if you learn how to just put these two pieces together, push two pins together, there. You've just built your weapon, and you save the excise tax on the entire upper half. What this also gives you is the option to change calibers by changing an upper half. The magazines for a 300 Blackout and a 5.56 or two two three are identical. So you can buy an upper half and a 30 caliber, snap it onto your AR-15 lower, have a 30 caliber weapon, swap it back to the 5.56, and this literally takes seconds. I could teach someone's grandmother how to do this in 90 seconds. So are you telling me you could teach Alexandria Occasional Cortex even? Well, that might be a bit of a stretch. I think there are trained monkeys who I could teach faster, but we could certainly give it a try if she's willing to learn. I'm willing to take on anybody who's willing to learn, because I can fix ignorant, but I can't fix stupid. Ain't that the truth. (laughs) So anyway, if you want to go shopping, there are several sites. I'm going to throw out a few names here. There's a place called Classic Firearms. They're known for having uppers and lowers. Um, Rainier Arms sells some of the higher quality, or not higher quality, higher end pieces. If you want to build something with more accuracy inherent by better barrels, better assembly techniques or if you want to go completely crazy and learn how to put one together completely by yourself you can buy each piece individually and learn how to put it together but one of my favorite sites is palmetto state armory located in south carolina 
they are probably one of the largest sellers of AR-15 parts, accessories, and even ammunition as of late. There you can buy uppers and lowers completely assembled. Now keep in mind, however, if you buy the lower assembly or even just the lower receiver, this must be shipped, if it comes from out of state, must be shipped to a federal firearms licensed dealer, an FFL dealer. That's because you have to fill out the background check form or have your carry permit in order to purchase any type of gun. Despite what liberals think, you can't just go to a gun show, buy all the machine guns you want, and take them home in the trunk of your car. You must have identification, you must have a carry permit, or you get subjected to an instant background check, which they run either while you wait or while you browse for ammo for your new gun. So the gun show loophole is a complete fallacy. There is no way to just go to a gun show and buy guns from a dealer without filling out the license, the licensing and background checks. <clears throat> but once you do, the door is open and away you go. You're off and running. And since the AR-15 is so versatile, there have been companies now which have developed what we call pistol braces. These braces enable you to hold an AR-15 with one hand. Now, why you'd want to do that? Because it turns it into a pistol. Because a rifle legally must have a 16-inch or longer barrel. A pistol can have a barrel of any length shorter than that and still be classified as a pistol. And the brace has now been approved for use on your shoulder. Now, how does this vary from a stock? That's, you know, it's a technicality probably. But you can basically avoid the short barrel rifle tack stamp just by getting a pistol brace and putting your AR-15 together with that. Then you can run a barrel as short as five or six inches if you would like. No problems. But back to putting them together. Once you get all your parts, most of these parts will come without magazines, without sights. So be careful when you choose your parts because you want to make sure if you want to have sights on it, you can probably buy an upper that's already got it on there. Sometimes you can buy one with a red dot already attached. Now, most of these are just put on. They're not sighted in. So you will have to go to the range and make sure your sights or scope or red dot is set up to hit your target at whatever distance you're planning. But once you get this set up, you have the satisfaction of putting it together yourself. It makes it so much more fun. And it's kind of like... I've been told it's like Barbies for men. You know, Barbie has the house, the car. She's got a couple of Kens here and there. She's got a ton of outfits. The AR-15 is the same way. You've got different uppers, different lowers, different sights, different grips. You can customize one from the ground up to be specifically yours. And then let's not even get into colors. Oh, my goodness. With Cerakoting, you can make it any color you want or a mix of colors. You can have a theme-based one, which is so much fun. A lot of those are really nice to look at. But like I said, the prices have never been better, so now would be the time to build one. Now, there's also, we're going to get into another way. If you want to go beyond just putting a lower together, putting lower parts in it, and putting an upper together, we're going to get into something called an 80% lower. This actually requires machine work and does not require any sort of licensing. They can ship this directly to your house, assuming your wife doesn't find it first, and you can start working on it right away. Now, you do need more intricate tools. You ideally have a drill press or at least a drill that you can mount somewhere to make these function, and they do require a lot more work, but with the gun laws that are currently in place, 
these guns can be sold to you directly, or these gun parts, because they're not complete guns. They're 80% lowers, which means they're 80% of the way finished, because that is the legal limit they can be finished before they're considered a gun. But you also have to have uh, some sort of knowledge of the use of said tools. Yes, you can't just a buy basic. the tools and expect them to put themselves together. Just a like basic you can't knowledge. Buy a quote unquote assault rifle. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, you, we're going to go to a next break here, Roger, but when we come back, I've got another question from another listener. Oh, good. We'll look so, forward to it. So, folks, tune in. We'll be right back on the other side of this break. Quick stakes. That's Q U I K stakes are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quickstake.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of quick stakes. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's quick stakes, Q U I K stakes, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. This is Dr. Susan Blank, host of Detailing Addiction and medical director of the Atlanta Healing Center. Please join me on Tuesday afternoons at 4 p.m. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key and the trained staff at EHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome back to Locked and Loaded. I am Roger Bihar with my special guest co-host today, Victor Armendariz. Absolutely sitting here. And uh, Roger, we have another question. Um, so listener wants to know, if I decide to buy an AR-15 instead of building my own, what are some of the favorite? What are some of your favorites, and and from the low to mid range price range? Um, low range, you could probably pick one up for four hundred dollars. That's completely assembled. Now this may or may not have sights on it. You may have to get sights or an optic or something to be able to actually shoot it. Although I have to say, I was at a, a range safety officer once working at a local range, 
and there was a gentleman there with his newly purchased AR-15, and it had no sights on it, and he was trying to shoot it. <laughs> and he was wondering why he couldn't hit the target. Couldn't hit the broadside of a barn? So he just uh, – no one explained to him that you have to have something to line up to make it hit the target. But oh, I explained it to him, got him we, – we got him – I think we got him a lone sight from the range there, and he was able to at least fire his gun. And I believe he ended up purchasing the, the red dot sight from the range. So it worked out for both of them. Oh, that's excellent. So what? So what, for four hundred dollars, you can probably get a base model. Four hundred to six hundred, you can probably even pick up a brand name such as a Smith and Wesson or a Ruger for around six hundred dollars in a basic AR-15. And the Ruger does come with actual iron sights at that price at around six hundred bucks. Sometimes it can be had for a little less. And of course, the range goes up from there to thousands of dollars. All right. Well, what would be some of the brand name, not brand names, but off brands that would be around that four hundred dollar range? Well, I mean, they have a uh, the Omni Hybrid. This is one that you see a lot of times at the gun show. It is a polymer lower and upper, which means it's a form of plastic. I was just about to say, and and what is a Polymer lower. Polymer is a, it's a high strength plastic because the lower of an AR-15 has very little stress on it. Most of the stress is all in the upper portion. That's where the barrel with the bolt carrier that slides back and forth is. All the lower houses is the trigger and the safety assembly and sometimes and the rear stock is screwed into the part of the, the lower there. So it's not a high stress area. Now as far as longevity, so far there have been very few issues with these polymer lowers because they've refined them to the point where many of them have metal inserts in certain parts of the parts that are stressed a little more to make them go a little longer and a lot of people don't shoot a whole lot you know most people go to the range a couple three times a year if you're going to put a lot of time on one i would suggest spending maybe a hundred bucks more and buying the metal assembly for the lower as well to me it's just I don't know. Maybe I'm old-fashioned, but I like metal in my firearms instead of as much plastic. Although I have to say, I'm a big fan of Glocks. Well, uh, so am I. And I know, you know, Glock, for some reason, it isn't the prettiest or the fanciest on the block. And people will knock sometimes with Glock lovers, but uh, you can't stop my Glock. I love it. That's right. The Glocks are, are a force to be reckoned with. And being that they are such a force to be reckoned with, there has been companies that have brought out now 80% lowers for Glocks. So you can build your own handgun from an 80% lower. Now, this does require some skill as you have to shave off parts of the plastic and set uh, other metal pieces into place into the plastic frame and drill out parts of the plastic to make everything fit together. and requires fitting and finishing, sanding. But you can build a handgun, which requires... No background checks or no government interference in your own home with standard tools. And let's and let's be honest: the people who are going to do that are your law-abiding gun enthusiasts, right? These are I mean, people who are not... usually building something very specific. They want something built specifically to their hand, or they want to have right. something for a, a specific purpose for a criminal to go through all the time and effort to learn how to do this he can go on the street and buy a gun much faster much easier mm-hmm. and probably for less money or steal it and and I bring that up because there are I trust me when I tell you there are democrats sitting out listening to this show who will jump on that and say see 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 you can get a gun without a background and all that mess that will come with the liberal argument uh, but again there is no way that you know a criminal 
always takes the path of least resistance in every aspect of a criminal's life, and they're not going to learn how to put together a gun. <laughs> if they wanted to work that hard, they would probably have a job and wouldn't need to steal anything. Absolutely. <laughs> so, it kind of goes against their very nature. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, when you're talking about the ARs from the $400 range and up, is there a, an issue with longevity? I prefer the metal frames, the metal lower parts, which means you're probably going to be in the four to $500 range as opposed to the 350 to $400 range, which is about the cheapest I've seen was a completely assembled weapon for three forty nine ninety five plus tax, of course. Hmm. But you know, if you want to get an extra one to keep you know, in a car or truck gun or something, $350 plus you know, 50 to 100 bucks for a sight on it and a couple of magazines... That wouldn't be a bad way to have one stashed in a place where, in case you weren't at home, you'd be able to have access to a rifle. Because as a Marine Corps trainer once told me, he goes, the only use of your pistol is to fight your way to your rifle. To your rifle. <laughs> and then there's, there's truth to that in home defense. You know, for every Democrat out there who's protected by whether it's the Secret Service or protected by capital security or protected by private security – they will sit there and tell you and I, Roger, or any other law-abiding citizen that we don't need an AR-15 in our house. We don't need a hunt, a, a non-hunting style rifle for defense. I, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. But it's like we said, there's no such thing as an assault rifle in civilian hands unless it's an NFA licensed item, which is a $200 tax stamp, serious background check. But AR-15s are not assault rifles. Right. They're semi-automatic, military-styled mm-hmm. rifles. But the argument uh, that they – and, and let's just face it. The Democrats and the lamestream media lie about it all the time, and that's why they want to call it AR-15. That's why they uh, – you know, the Democrats and and Washington Swamp will use branding just as any company would use marketing branding, and they, and they always brand – Gun owners and guns as scary, Nuts. evil, Bible-hugging, yeah. <laughs> Bible-hugging, thumping, yes, um, God-fearing, deplorables. You know, deplorables, yeah, de- exactly. Yay, deplorables. Uh, but the point is, like you said, there is no assault rifle that I can go out and get today unless I want to go pay for a special right, license. Right, and you have to have a background check that usually takes mm-hmm. six to nine months. Exactly. And you're not going to pay thir- – you're going to pay between thirty and $50,000 for this weapon. Mm-hmm. If you have that kind of money, I don't think crime is going to be your your biggest mm-hmm. issue. Besides, you can modify semi-automatics to fire full auto, which I am not getting into here. <laughs> but anything can be done a lot cheaper than going the legal route. Right, but what what we don't want is, is law-abiding American citizens to be sitting in their home and not – if you choose to defend yourself and prepare – you shouldn't be restricted by the federal government on how you're protecting yourself. And by that I mean there are there's instant after instant after instance where multiple assailants will try and prey on an old couple who's right. living in a retired home. Or even or, a family or, where they a, know there's cash. Yeah, if they know they a, own a business, mm-hmm. they'll come after them because they know there's cash. Exactly. And when you face multiple assailants, you darn well better have something more than a revolver. Well, let me tell you this. If you find yourself in a fair fight, your tactics are lousy. <laughs> exactly. Always take an advantage if you possibly can. 
Exactly. You know, we, the, the term shock and awe became real popular in the early 90s um, because of comparing the United States military might to everyone else in the world. And uh, that's basically what you want. If you're at home and you've got assailants coming trying to knock your door down or knock your window in, uh, you want to reply to that with shock and awe. At least exactly. I do. You want the biggest advantage that you can get. Absolutely, yeah. I, to me, you know, my mom once asked me, which which would be a great listener question today. Uh, what is a good? Actually, she said, "What is the best defense weapon? What's the best defense gun that I could have as a seventy-plus-year-old woman?" And I handed her a pump-action shotgun, so that just that sound alone from the other side of the door is going to cause any assailant to run. Oh, you're breaking into my house. Let me play you the so- the song of my people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So shotguns are great. Mm-hmm. Pistols are great. Some people use rifles or rifle caliber carbines. Any gun is going to be better than no gun than no in a gun. situation where somebody's breaking in. Exactly. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that everyone, if you're a liberal out there and you're against the Second Amendment, hey, fine. You have that choice not to have a gun in your house. You also have a choice to put a sign in your yard that says this is a gun-free zone. Let me know how that works out for you. Or you can just be like Joe Biden, hang the double barrel off the back porch and fire off a couple of rounds and hope that scares him away. And that is exactly what Biden said when he was asked about guns at one one time. What's the other liberal defense technique? Um, Oh, yeah, just wet yourself and nobody will want to touch you. (laughs) Well, I don't know how well that's going to work in every situation but it does seem to work for Democrats sometimes. That's what they claim. <laughs> oh, that was a rape defense perhaps, but why wouldn't it work for anybody else? Just wet yourself and nobody wants to touch somebody who's all all sitting in their it's own all, urine. Yeah. That would be that would be disgusting. <laughs> it's amazing some of the things that uh, a liberal can come up with or an anti-constitution. I much prefer Democrat. to rack my shotgun, level it at mm-hmm. somebody's face, and make them wet themselves. <laughs> exactly. Because then I don't need to shoot them, and they can run away because no one wants to touch them. Well, thanks for joining us today on Locked and Loaded. We have run out of time, but join us again next time. I'm Roger Bihar with my co-host, Victor Armendariz. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.